Chapter Five of the Life of Kit Carson by Edward S. Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Instinctively, every one turned to Carson to learn what he had to advise, and yet each was certain what he would say. It'll never do, boys, to let them steal our horses in that style, he remarked in his quiet fashion, compressing his lips and shaking his head, while his eyes flashed with a dangerous light. All knew what his words and manner meant, and in a twinkling the thirteen men were in their saddles, and with their gallant leader at their head, galloped forth off in pursuit. It would be supposed where the ground was covered with snow to such a depth that it was the easiest matter imaginable to follow the trail. And yet Kit and his companions found it one of the most difficult tasks they had ever undertaken. Hundreds of bison had repeatedly crossed the track since they were made, and less experienced eyes than those of the trappers would have given over the search in despair. But no one thought of turning back, and the pursuit was pushed unflaggingly for fully forty miles. Not the first glimpse had been obtained of the Indians, and the horses that had been pushed so hard finally gave out. They were in poor condition, and when the company came to a halt, showed such exhaustion that it was evident they could not be forced much further. It was decided, therefore, to go into camp. Accordingly, they turned the heads of their panting animals toward a piece of woods a short distance away. Before the shelter was reached, the trappers were astonished to observe a column of smoke rising above the trees. They looked at each other's faces with a smile of gratification. Inasmuch as the trail led into the grove, and it was evident a campfire was burning there, it followed that they were close to the thieves whom they had followed such a long distance. The discovery infused new warmth into the blood of the hunters, who were fairly a-tremble with eagerness to attack the unsuspecting Indians. But all were too experienced in the ways of the wilderness to allow their impatience to betray them into any indiscretion. They deemed it necessary that their assault should be a surprise, and they, therefore, withdrew to a secluded place in the woods and waited for night. This was trying to a painful degree. The weather, which had been bitterly cold during the day, grew still colder, until the animals shivered as if with the ague. They were carefully tied where the trees partly sheltered them from the cutting wind, and the hunters made sure their arms were ready. Then, when the sun went down and darkness crept over the snowy landscape, the men moved around so as to approach the camp from the direction opposite to that from which the Indians would naturally look for pursuit. When close enough to catch sight of the flames among the trees, the hunters sank on their knees and crept noiselessly forward until able to gain a full view of the dusky thieves. They were surprised at what they saw. The savages had thrown some logs and stones together so as to make a couple of rude forts and had divided themselves into two parties. It was characteristic of them that they were holding a dance and feast in honor of the brilliant style in which they had outwitted the trappers forty miles away. The scene was quite interesting, especially when our friends plainly saw their stolen animals tied near one of the forts. The sight of their property was anything but soothing to the wrathful trappers, who were resolved not to go back to their own camp without taking the horses along. But the crows were strong in number well armed and ready to fight on the briefest notice. 
it would have been an act of the greatest rashness to charge upon their camp while they were excited to an unusual degree by the rejoicing in which all took a hilarious part the whites decided to wait several hours longer until most of their enemies would be unconscious in slumber all this time the weather was growing colder and toughened as the trappers had become by years of exposure they suffered greatly they dare not move about to keep up the circulation of their blood for the slightest noise was liable to attract the suspicion of some of the crows who might be prowling through the grove more than once carson feared his limbs were freezing but he held out like the genuine hero he was and his companions were all worthy of him at last the dance was over and the tired warriors wrapped their blankets around their forms and stretched out to rest their manner showed they had no thought that a foe was anywhere in the neighborhood although such men sleep lightly they do not remain long awake when courting sleep and in a brief while all were unconscious except the sentinels on duty even they were so confident that nothing threatened that they became less vigilant than usual Shh, now is the time whispered the youthful leader they had decided long before upon their plan of action so that no time was lost in consultation kit and five of his men began slowly creeping toward their horses this was anything but a pleasant occupation for the snow it will be remembered was deep on the ground but such veterans cared nothing for a trifle like that and they speedily reached their animals such an attempt is always a dangerous one for the horse of the indian or white hunter often proves his most skilful sentinel he is able to detect the stealthy approach of a scout long before the straining ear of his master can catch the slightest sound if the beasts should become frightened by the shadowy figures crawling over the snow they would be likely to alarm the camp but carson and his companions managed it so well that there was not a single neigh or stamp of a hoof silently rising to their feet they cut the halters which held the horses fast and then withdrawing a slight distance began throwing snowballs at them these feathery missiles fell among and struck against them until to escape the mimic bombardment they moved out the wood altogether where they were taken charge by the others who were waiting all this was accomplished without attracting the attention of a single indian having met with such success common prudence and sense suggested that the trappers should make all haste to their own comfortable quarters so many long miles away but they had scarcely joined each other when they fell into an earnest discussion as to what the next step should be some were in favor of withdrawing with the least possible delay but kit carson and a couple of daring spirits were bent on going back and punishing the thieves who had given them so much trouble as they could not be argued out of their purpose the others as a matter of course agreed to give them their aid three of the trappers were sent to take the recaptured animals to where the saddle horses were secured while the others advanced directly upon the indian camp they moved cautiously as was their custom and were almost upon the crows when one of their dogs gave notice of danger by a vigorous barking on the instant the warriors leaped to their feet and the fight opened so many of the indians were shot down and the advantage was so strongly against them that the survivors hastily ran into the nearest fort from which they returned the fire of their assailants 
the latter however had stationed themselves behind trees where they were safe against the whistling bullets and in their attack they threw away very few shots indeed it began growing light in the east and as soon as the crows discovered how few composed the besieging force they in turn became the assailants and rushed out of their fort with their frightful war-whoops but they were met by such a destructive fire that they scurried back again the second attack of the savages was so furious that the trappers were forced to fall back but the reserve as it may be called speedily joined them and once more drove the indians into their fort several of the whites had been wounded though not dangerously and both parties having had enough of fighting the battle ended End of chapter five